0: Welcome to the Moments Podcast. We believe that every youth service should have three elements, worship, the Word, and an exciting atmosphere. While we can't replicate our worship through song or our intense games on this podcast, we can certainly replay one of our favorite parts of the night, Pastor Wesley's message from God's Word. So, without further ado, here is this past Wednesday's Jesus Moment. A story. Wesley, you have a story every week. Well, I'm just full of stories. I've learned that I'm good at uh, being adventurous in life and all kinds of crazy things happen. Last week I shared about how I passed, I, last week I shared how I went across the US border without a passport and how we had to come back across the border. That was quite the story. So I want to share another story that happened last Wednesday actually. And it was such a good story, and I wanted to share it last week, but I was like, no, I should wait until this week to share it. So I'm driving to pick up my boy Zach, who couldn't make it tonight because he's at band camp, but my boy Zach needed picked up Wednesday morning because I was going to hang out with him. So I picked up Zach, and, you know, sometimes some of you can't relate, some of you can't. When you're driving, you got to make that decision. Oh, it's a yellow light. Should I speed up or should I brake hard? and I was like I'm going to be a good driver and brake hard so I broke hard but my brakes didn't break and I just kept going and I stopped in the middle of the intersection and there's like cars flying all around me and I'm like what's going on and I'm like freaking out normally when you press your brake pedal it goes like this like, like it tilts a little bit. You know what I'm saying? My drivers, like it just tilts a little bit. My brake pedal, so like you, you click it and it goes like that. You click the gas and it goes like that. Some of you, when you first start driving, you go like, and, and you're like, you got to learn how to use the pedals. Well, I braked at this intersection and the pedals didn't just brake a little bit. They like went all the way to the floorboard and my brakes wouldn't work. I almost hit somebody and it was really scary. And so I had to figure out how do I get my truck? all the way back to the shop. Like, I was like, what do I do? H- how do you drive without braking? It's kind of hard. So, no joke, as I was driving to the shop, I would leave probably half a mile between me and the car in front of me because I was like, I'm going to let momentum slow me down. So I would I would drive like 20 miles an hour, and then I would just let the truck slow. <laughs> I would speed up, and I'd let it slow. Like, I, how else are you supposed to get there if your brakes don't work? I had maybe... 4% braking power. So I'd push all the way against and it would go up all the way to the back of the truck and I would slow down like this. And my and my foot's all the way down, I'd kick I'd kick the e-brake on and it would still just go like this. So I couldn't brake and I finally made it to the shop. Now what do you think I was doing in that truck? I was what? I was what? I was praying. In my fear is that oftentimes prayer is not our first response, it's our last resort. And so tonight, I want to talk a lot about prayer. And I thought, what better way to talk about prayer than to talk about the two most common types of prayer or prayers that we pray. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Sean's with me. I'm glad to know that. Next slide. So there's two types of prayers that we pray. And the first type of prayer that we're all guilty of are bedtime prayers. Who else prays in bed at night before you go to bed? A handful of you. A handful of you. And, you know, when I was growing up, I prayed bedtime prayers. Lord, <laughs> God wants you to hear it. I say, God, thank you for my brother and my sister and my mom and my dad and for the food I had. Thank you for my iPad. Thank you for the video games. Thank you for, not my siblings. Thank you for, especially not Maddie. Thank you for <laughs> blank. Yeah, y'all know what I'm saying? Like We play this game at night where we're praying and we're like, God, thank you for this. God, I want a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And we pray for these things like, God, bless me. God, I just want the best. God, put a hedge of protection around us. Y'all ever prayed that? Y'all ever heard somebody pray that? that's like an old school Southern Baptist prayer God give us a head not just protection a hedge of protection whatever that means (laughs) so we would pray these bedtime prayers next slide and we pray bad prayers what's a bad prayer God I just I really want this job I really want this girl this guy I want that new God would you let me have the new iPad would you let me have the iPhone 15 I can get rid of my lightning cable, and it charges with the USB-C. I want the new Apple Watch. God, please. And we pray these really bad prayers, and the reason they're really bad is because they're all about us. And so tonight, I want to change the way we pray. And I want to look at the words of Jesus and how Jesus said to pray. Next slide. So I want to teach us how to be the wave, how to pray, be the wave prayers. And I'm in a three-week series on be the wave, okay? That's my new sermon series. We're going to talk about what it means to pray. We're going to talk about what it means to care for your friends and what it means to share your faith over the next three weeks. Who knows what this is? What kind of flower? It's what kind of flower? A what? Sunflower is the correct answer. That's Asian? Oh, that's a sunflower. I learned this. Do you know why it's called a sunflower? When the sunflower is grown and the sun's shining here, the sunflower faces the sun. And as the sun moves, the sunflower moves with it. And it's constantly facing the sun. Did you know that? I just learned this a couple weeks ago. I don't think all flowers do this. No, 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 no. Sunflowers literally turn to face the sun at every second of the day. You follow me? They don't just like, they don't just point to, like, they follow the sun. That's why it's called a sunflower. Like, its whole being, stay with me, the entire being of the sunflower faces the sun at every second of every day. And I thought, what a beautiful depiction of Prayer. As we're going to get into scripture, we we see that prayer is a posture. It's a position of saying, God, I want what you want for my life, not what I want. And just as the sunflower faces the sun, every second of every day, prayer allows us to face the son of God at every second of every day. And man, I'm so excited. I was studying and reading through this, and I was like, man, this is awesome, because so oftentimes in my life, I feel guilty of praying these prayers that are just like okay prayers. They're just okay. And so what I want you to realize, next slide, is that prayer is the process of connecting your heart to his. You know, my wife and I, if we don't talk to each other, how do you think we would feel? Disconnected, right? If all I ever talk to my wife about is what I want her to do for me, how do you think she'd feel? Emma's making this face like, "Mm, Wesley, listen here. I can tell you how she'd feel. Emma's got my back. (laughs) She don't have my back. She probably wouldn't feel good. Because all I want from her is what I can get from her. And, and that's not how prayer should work. Prayer is not all about what you can get from God. It's about placing yourself in a position of surrender to connect to God and find God's will for your life. So I want to talk about prayer. in the passage I'll be reading from tonight, I'm still figuring out the perfect like mic where I should hold it, where I should not because I don't have my headset because it broke. So hopefully right here is good. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, I, I, I'm sorry, Matthew 6. If you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you turn there. It's also going to be on the screen, but it's going to be really tiny. It's mainly for me, not you guys. Put that slide up. Can you see it? It's kind of tiny. Matthew 6, verse 9, and it says this. Before I tell you what it says, I'm going I'm to give you some some backstory. So who knows who wrote the book of Matthew? Rocket science. Wow. Matthew wrote Matthew. Who knows who Matthew wrote the book of Matthew to? Okay, he's got it. Who did Matthew write the book of Matthew to? To the Jews. To the Jews because Matthew wanted the Jews to know, hey, your Messiah has come. Who's the Messiah? Jesus. Matthew wanted the Jews, a certain people group, a certain ethnicity, a certain tribe of people to know, hey, your Messiah has come. And so in the opening chapters of Matthew, these people called disciples, say disciples, say disciples, Disciples. Disciples. started following Jesus and Jesus said, words, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to teach you how to live for me. Walk with me every day of my life. And so we get to Matthew chapter 6, and the disciples said, God, teach us how to preach. They didn't say that. God, teach us how to get everything we want in life. They didn't say that. Jesus, teach us how to heal people like you heal people. They didn't say that. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And the reason they asked Jesus how to pray is because they saw how different Jesus was from everybody else. And they didn't just see how different Jesus was. They actually saw Jesus praying. And they wanted to know how to be like Jesus. It wasn't, God, how how can, God, what can we get from you? God, how can I give myself to you? That's where the disciples found themselves in that position, a posture of surrendering, connecting your heart to God's heart. And so it says this, Jesus says, therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Now, one of my favorite pastors, Louis G., that's what KB calls him, Louis G., the rapper. Louis says, admitting we are not God, not in control, not running everything, not responsible for everyone else's well-being not the solution for everything and everyone, not at the center of all things. This does not belittle us. It frees us. And the disciples wanted to know how to live like Jesus because Jesus wasn't a control freak. He cared about seeing people's lives changed. And so I wrote down just a few things that the text tells us about what it means to pray. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Your name be honored as holy. And so put my first point up there for me. This passage teaches us. This passage teaches us. This passage teaches us that prayers about honoring God's wish is not ours. You see, Jesus says you want to pray, pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That doesn't mean life's going to be peaches and rainbows. It means that everything inside of you, you want to live for, think of, dream of, and live in such a way that you honor Jesus in everything that you do. Why do you pray? So that you can live like Jesus. Not get everything you could ever want. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, that means there is a God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you think that there is lost people in heaven? People that don't know Jesus, do they go to heaven? No. So should there there be people on earth that don't know Jesus? No. And so, so how can you pray? And let me ask you this. Who in your life are you praying for to give their life to Jesus? Like, is there anybody you are praying that God would save them? And if you're not, that should show you how much you care about seeing people saved. Ooh. A little convicting, huh? Because if we're not praying for anybody to be saved or for anybody for God to move in their life, that shows us how little we care. And Charles Spurgeon says it like this. If you saw a house on fire and, and, and somebody was running towards the house, would you try to stop them? Or would you just watch them burn? And Spurgeon says, let them trip over our dead bodies before they burn. And so how much do we care about lost people? Prayer is all about us praying. We should pray for lost people. Prayer is about God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, we should pray, God, would you bring your kingdom on earth? God, would you grow the church? Would you help us to grow in your word? Would you help my friends to come to know you and come to church? Prayer is about honoring his wishes, not yours. Number two, well, it's kind of the same thing. Prayer is about ushering in heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Point number three, did you know that God wants you to ask? Wesley, Pastor Wesley, if God knows everything that I need, do I really need to pray? i ever wonder that. Like, if God knows everything, why do we even pray? Does that make sense? Kind of, not really. Does that make sense? If God knows everything, why are we asking him to help us? If he already knows, we need our help. But you know what I've learned? That as a good heavenly father, God enjoys us asking for his help. Does that make sense? Your parents enjoy it when you ask them to help you. When you ask them for their love, strength, care, and support, God wants you to ask him to help you. Jesus says, you should pray, give us today our daily bread. He's saying, you should pray, God, would you provide for us? Notice, he's not saying, God, would you give us everything we want in life? Would you provide for us? God, don't give give us what we want. Give us what we need. Well, what do you really need? Think about it. What do you need? Well, you need food. You need a roof over your head. And you need Jesus. And I think it's safe to say that other than those three things, there's not much else that should drive our lives. Like this life is not about how big we can build our kingdoms. It's about building his. And when you choose to not follow after what you want for your life, and you choose to follow after what God wants for your life, somehow everything seems to work itself out. Let's see, what's God's will for my life? Well, number one, it's to get in his word. Number two, it's to obey it. And number three, it's to share it. Prayer is about asking God for your needs. God, would you provide a job for me? I need a job. Would you make a way for me to go to this church? It's a good church. Would you make a way for me to go to this school? It's a good school. You guys following me? Like, you have to ask yourself, are you just asking God for what you want for your life? Or are you asking God for what he wants for your life? One day I had Caleb on, and if you know me, you know I'm a big Christian rap guy. I'm not a big fan of Caleb. It's kind of cheesy. Don't at me. It's just not my thing. But I heard a quote on it that was like, so good. And they said, I think Scott and Kelly, they're still on there. Scott and Kelly were talking, and they were like, you know, God answers our prayers the way that we would ask them if we knew everything he knew. I'm going to say that one more time. God answers our prayers the way that we would ask him if we knew everything that he knew. Does that make sense? God answers our prayers the way that we would ask them if we knew everything that he knew. And I love our interns. Sometimes they'll come up to me. I'll ask them to do something, or they'll ask me for help, or they'll ask me to do something for them. And sometimes I get frustrated because I'll take something over and I just, I know what to do because I know how stuff works inside and out. And they give me this look like I'm stupid and then I do it and then I'm like, how'd you do that? And that's what I'm talking about. You follow me? Like sometimes we ask God to solve these big problems in our life and God's like laughing at us like, watch me work. Just watch me we're like, God, you're not working. And he's like, you're so blind. (laughs) Because we don't see life the way that God sees life. And so when we pray, we should not only ask God, but bow to him and say, God, would you lead me every step of the way? Next point, my fourth point, verse 12 says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Prayer is about reciprocating his forgiveness. I, I kind of learned this as I was studying this, that, that that part of why Jesus said to pray is to be empowered to do what God called you to do. Did you know that you can't live for Jesus on your own? It's almost like God designed it to where you need his help. Because you're a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner just like me. And we need Jesus to help us live for him. And perhaps one of the hardest things to do is to forgive somebody. And in the Jewish culture, you didn't really forgive people. Oh, I'ma He wronged me, I'm going to wrong him back. He commented something mean on my Instagram, I'm a unfollow him. You get what I'm saying? That That's how the Jews thought of forgiveness. They didn't. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no! you should be different. But Wesley, you don't know what they did. Forgive them. You don't know how bad it was. Forgive them. You don't know how awful of a person they are. Say, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgiveness is not about you saying what they did was okay. It's saying, I'm not a chain. I'm not chained to what they did anymore. When you choose not to forgive somebody, you are holding yourself inside the prison cell. When you choose to forgive them, it's you walking out of it. And they might choose to live in there, but that doesn't mean you have to. And Jesus wants us to know just how important it is to live like Him and to forgive like Him. My fifth point. Verse 13 says, do not bring us into temptation. Why would Jesus say that? Maybe because he knows you'd be tempted. How many of you ever are tempted to do something wrong? Raise your hand. Maybe you're tempted, ooh, I shouldn't say that, but I'm thinking that. Ooh, I shouldn't do that, but I want to do that. Ooh, I mm, I don't know about that one. We're all guilty of it, right? And see, prayer forces you to rely on the strength of God and not your own. And maybe some of you feel like you can live for Jesus and you don't ever have to actually rely on Jesus, but that's not how it works. Prayer forces you to realize that God is in control and rely on his strength. So when you pray, you should pray for God to give you strength to live for him. You follow me? You should pray for God to give you strength to live for him. So pray. Let me recap here. Prayer is not about what you want. It's about what God wants. Prayer is about bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is about bringing your needs to God himself. Prayer is about reciprocating God's forgiveness. Prayer forces you to rely on his strength and not yours. So how should you pray? Why should you pray? Well, one, you should pray because Jesus prayed. How should you pray for God to empower you to reach people with Jesus? For God to give you the strength to live for him? And for God's kingdom to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Y'all got that? You notice what's missing from that equation? You. And when you focus on Jesus, somehow everything else seems to work out. Louis G. says this. This That's fun to say, Louis G. Louis G. says, do not overcomplicate God's will. Just stay connected to Jesus. Love him. Look into his eyes. He will lead. What a charge. What a thought. It's not your job to worry about your life. It's not your job to worry about how everything's going to unfold. It's your job to worry about seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 5 says this, and I'll end it here. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And these things is food, clothing, and shelter. God promises to provide those things, but he asks us to seek him first. So let me ask you, students, what controls your, your time? What controls your emotions? Because that's what you worship. And, and maybe you have found yourself worshiping anything and everything but Jesus. What's the solution? Pray. Because prayer is all about connecting your heart to His. Something we say all the time is that there is nothing like being in the room on Wednesday nights. While we have tried to give you a glimpse of that, we encourage you to get the full picture with us and join us in the room this Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Moments Podcast.